Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before we get started this week with the show, folks, I want to remind you to check out Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. That's right, April's Sensations. Pro wrestler, model, cosplayer, writer, April Hunter. You know, she has her own shop on Etsy. It's fantastic. And I can speak from experience. I mean, I've purchased some candles and soaps and what have you from her. Just really, really cool stuff. And with the holidays coming up for that special someone in your life, including yourself, this is a great time to pick up some of this handcrafted, amazing, made in the USA stuff. We're talking about April's Sensations. If you want to support a pro wrestler and somebody that is really cool, small business owner, you definitely want to check it out. I'm going to give you that website again, folks. That is Etsy. So that's E-T-S-Y dot com forward slash shop forward slash April's Sensations. And let me spell that out. A-P-R-I-L-S-S-C-E-N-T-S. A-T-I-O-N-S April Sensations, baby I'm telling you, check it out Let them know the Duke sent you over there Enjoy yourselves And now, let's get on with the show You're locked in Look at what we have here, folks To the only show that matters The cream of the crop Duke loves wrestling And there is no one that does it better than Your host I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something, folks. We are in December. All right. So we're hitting the home stretch here in 2020. And I'm so excited about that. It's been a hell of a year not only in pro wrestling, but just in general. So to you and all of your loved ones out there, I hope you're safe. I hope you're well-fed. I hope you're warm. And if you can, I hope you're lending a hand to somebody out there because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that could use it. That's for damn sure. But uh, this week, I'm bringing back somebody who is a big friend of the show, somebody who damn near set the internet on fire last week with some of the comments that they made, especially about uh, not only... Linda McMahon, but also Cody Rhodes and the whole AEW brain trust over there. So without further ado, welcome back. Probably one of the most controversial men talking about pro wrestling today. The one, the only Mr. Big Vito Lagrazo. What's up, Vito? Hey, Duke. How are you doing? It's the B.I.G.V. from the L.O.G. coming to you live, baby, live from the studios here. We got a new setup that Duke is using, and now I am coming across crystal clear. Duke, how are you doing today? I hope everything is fine. Like you said, you know, 2020 is coming to an end. We hit December and it is December the 3rd for those people who don't have a calendar, the 3rd. All right. And uh, we're getting ready to do another action-packed show. Duke, why don't you lead us off into another great show? And, uh, Tell us about all the controversy that's going on with my comments. Did Cody or Mr. Khan or Linda get in touch with you? No, they personally haven't gotten gotten in touch with me. But you know, some of their fans, their their uh, 
indirect surrogates there. They definitely have shared some thoughts. I mean, overwhelmingly, it's been positive. People can't believe that you're actually calling out these folks and telling the truth on them the way that you are. So that's number one. But you do have a few people who are a little pissed off, you know, anytime, especially with AEW. It's it's not the in thing to point out the fact that uh, Cody Rhodes is what he is and Tony Khan is what he is. Uh, th- there can be a lot of backlash with that, Vito. And you're a guy that's down there in Florida, too. So uh, aren't you concerned that these guys might blackball you? They're going to blackball me? Blackball me from what? I don't talk to either one of them, right? I'm not included in their wrestling circuit. So what are they going to be like? What are they going to do? They want to come to my house? Feel free to come to my house. You know, if you got bad intentions, you're not leaving, but feel free to come. It's Christmas time. Everybody's, you know, free to come, have some Christmas cheer. You know, and if, you know, they're going to, you know, be, I'm going to get blackballed from AEW. Big fucking whoop. That's what I got to say. For telling the truth, the way it is, you know, about their protocols and, and Cody Rhodes. Guys, everybody knows I'm straight up. So if I'm telling you something, it's the truth. I'm not bull- here to bullshit and make waves and cause all this controversy. Nobody likes the truth. You know, Linda McMahon, is she going back to the WWE? You know, she's unemployed right now. You know, I'm sorry to see that during the Christmas holidays. I hope she has enough money to buy presents for her family. You know, Cody Rhodes, it is what it is. If you weren't Dusty Rhodes' son, you wouldn't be where you are. And you go on the Rhodes' name. So, I mean, really, truly... I mean, what am I lying about? Well, you know, that's that's a good point, Vito. You're, you're definitely just telling it like it is, especially from a guy with all the experience you have in the wrestling industry and just the common sense of life, you know. I wanted to ask you about something, though, because last night on AEW Dynamite, one of the things that was supposed to rock the wrestling world happened. Sting, okay, the, the legend himself, Sting, showed up on AEW. It was the first time in some how how many years has it been? At least what, 20 years since he's appeared on TNT officially? Yes. So Sting is back. What, what do you think about that about taking somebody like Sting? I don't believe they're going to use him in in a pro wrestling capacity. He might be a de facto leader of a group where everybody else is doing the work, similar to what Hulk Hogan did in in TNA for a while. Uh, But what are your thoughts on Sting being an AEW? You know, guys, if you look at Sting's history, right, Uh, the WCW Florida Championship Wrestling, when it came up, how he came up, who was the man who put him on the map, none other than Ric Flair, probably the greatest champion of of all time. And when you talk about WCW, it was Sting, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, Sting, and you had an honor and a privilege to work with those guys, be in the locker room, work with history. And, you know, when the company closed, it was a very sad thing because a lot of guys, you know, were out of work. Um, Some guys made buku money. You know, some guys, they made a great living. You know, I was privileged to make a great living. I I had a good spot in the business in WCW. But the thing that I liked most was the camaraderie backstage. Like if anybody remembers, you know, we used to have the best all time card games used to be me and Sting and Goldberg, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner. And you talk about Kevin Nash used to play 
you know, and um, you talk about having a great time playing cards. Me being a new guy in the company, sitting down with these guys and, uh, you know, playing a game of Beal and setting them and watching them get hot and mad and laughing. Sting would have the biggest kick out of it because just watching me set them just to piss them off. And he knew exactly what I was doing. So I got a great Sting story before we get into what we're going to talk about. Sting used to dust me all the time in Beal, right? So we go to Australia and it's him and I, and I beat him. He gets mad. I mean, he got hot. And I say, you know, Sting, it's all right. He says, why don't we play again? I says, no, no, Sting. I'm kind of tired. I think I just want to just relax and just, you know, enjoy my championship. I go back to the, my room. I get the directory of everybody on the roster and I call them. And I let them know that, hey, I just want to let you know I beat Sting at Beal. You know, just feel free to, you know, brag about it. When I tell you I called everybody, I called everybody. 97 phone calls, 97 people went up to say, hey, I heard Vito beat you at at Beal. He came looking for me and hunting for me for two days. Now, Sting, I really can't play you right now. You know, I, I don't like playing with losers. You know what I mean? You know, and he would get hot until we finally sat down. (laughs) and he beat me right but just the fact that i did that and i I, and i called him out on it and called everybody that was the biggest rib that probably one of the best fun ribs you could ever do so it used to be such a big thing to play cards back then on the australia trip everybody got got in on a rib on me when the whole place was playing beal and they didn't tell me so I walk into the rec room and they got everybody playing. But so everybody's giggling, laughing. You know, I don't put it over one bit, you know, and I look around. And I say, OK, I know what this is. So everybody goes, hey, Vito, what's going on? Ah, nothing much. You're just going to the gym, doing my thing. What are you guys doing? Right. So everybody just looked up. What are you guys doing? Right. So from there, I got the rib. I went out and bought everybody who was playing cards a T-shirt from the Australia tour, gave one to everybody, right? I came back to TV the next week. I had them made up. The biggest stars in our industry, hey, man, did you get me a shirt? Yep, got it right here, 3X. Here you go. You earned it. He says, no shit. You really got everybody a shirt. I says, yeah. I said, I got it. I got the rib, but I paid up for it. So they even got me over more because I didn't sell it. And then when it came time for me to sell the rib, I sold it with a T-shirt that I still have today. So talk about a great rib and a great time with those guys. But getting back to what you want to know, Sting is probably one of the most, um, probably one of the biggest stars in our industry. You talk about Ric Flair, you talk about Hogan, got to throw Sting in there, the macho man. You know what I mean? Th- those guys... I mean, they made wrestling. And when you watch Sting on WCW back in the day, I mean, there was nobody more who had more pizzazz, more charisma than Sting. I mean, he was the man. And the way they ended the career, and for Sting to take a stance against the WWE and not go to sign it because of his beliefs and what he thought of them, he went to Impact. He had another career there. He did good. He drew people. You know, it was good for him. He sat home when Impact, when there was an impasse and they couldn't pay him anymore. Then finally, 
something happened where he finally went to the WWE. It took a lot of money. It took a lot of coaxing. But I got to tell you, for how they did him in the WWE, grinded my gears so bad because there you have the biggest icon in sports history who never wrestled for the WWE. You played him, you gave him a little bit of something, and then you had Hunter beat him. And then Seth Rollins hurt him. Then you had some other stuff going on in there where he got jobbed out a little bit and made him look ridiculous, like he didn't compare to the WWE. He got a Hall of Fame, you know, which was his due. But to say like they did him wrong, yeah. But if he could take it back, I bet you he would take it back tenfold just to keep his integrity and his legacy going strong. For him to go on AEW probably was one of the biggest and best moves they ever made to bring Sting back to life because who doesn't want to watch Sting? That made me interested. You know, I called weeks ago that Chris Jericho is getting ready for a babyface turn. Why? Because he was the biggest heel. He's going to turn babyface. They put the the title on uh, Omega. They have a rivalry. And who's going to be the face of the company again? Chris Jericho. And I called this seven weeks ago. And everybody's been, you know, gagging along. Plus about, you know, a lot of other things that have been happening. But, and would that set up a mega match? Like you said, could he wrestle? If he was wrestling Chris Jericho for a title at AEW, that would be super duper mega gotta watch pay-per-view TV. You know, that's a, that's an interesting prediction you have there, Vito. So we're going to have to definitely keep an eye on that. Sting versus Chris Jericho for in, in AEW, especially if it's for the AEW uh, championship. Wow. Yes. I, I didn't even think about that. That would be a hell of a uh, situation. Even Sting versus uh, Kenny Omega. It wouldn't be as big as Sting versus Jericho, but it would you know garner some interest in its own right if Omega was doing that whole legend killer thing a la Randy Orton. No matter if Kenny Omega has a title, he doesn't. When he got the title and he was walking out with Don Callis, right? It was vanilla. There was no oomph. He just did not. He just doesn't look like championship material. The fact that they're going to impact and Sting is coming back and they're going to cross promote. What happens if Sting follows him over there to impact? Now you got somebody following somebody. Okay. Sting comes out, costs Omega the title for Chris Jericho. Then you have a heel babyface thing with Omega and Sting. And then the winner fights Chris Jericho for the title. To have a a title match with Chris Jericho and Sting on pay-per-view, that's bigger than anything that the WWE has, aside from maybe Brock Lesnar. I mean, no more. But what happens now, guys? If Brock Lesnar actually comes over to the AEW, which can be a reality, what would you do? Duke, what would you do? Well, I mean, I would, I would have to tune in. And, and you've been saying that too, Vito, which I'm very surprised at because I personally don't believe Brock Lesnar would go over to AEW. But, you know, Shad Khan, 
Tony Khan's father. I mean, the guy has more money than Vince McMahon. He's a multi, 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 multi billionaire, you know? So it's not like he couldn't afford to pay Brock Lesnar, whatever the hell his asking price is, to use him, even if it's just for one shot. You do a couple of TVs and and, and you do maybe one match and, and that that would be huge buzz for them, right? It would be a huge buzz, but what happens if they get him on the regular, right? And now, if they paid Sting that kind of money, and hey guys, you know my thing on getting color and any kind of thing that we talk about here. This isn't to get a job. This is just a being an analyst and a journalist and saying it like it is. Tony Khan, you made a good signing for your company in getting Sting. That's going to bring some viewers. If you crack a million every week, you're doing just as good as Raw because Raw's only getting 1.5, 1.4, 1.6. But if you get on a Wednesday night and you go out and get a million consistently with Sting on the card and you start to filter in, you know, say it's now, see if there's this inner promotion, what's to say Scott Steiner can't come over? That would be watch TV. Maybe Scott Steiner, not of, you know, 20 years ago, but Scott Steiner, just to hear him on the mic, I would want to listen to his, you know, you know, the booty daddy come out and, you know, tell some to have cut a promo. I would like to see that. I think that would be good TV. I mean, Duke, don't you agree that Scott Steiner on a mic would be something? Well, he could definitely teach those kids how to do it right in AEW. So th- this is an interesting concept because if AEW becomes the modern version of WCW, then they're really players in the race here. And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This whole concept of them, first of all, they, they have the, the relationship with the NWA so you see Thunder Rosa's been coming over and, and doing her thing. And Serena Deeb, who's the current NWA Women's Champion, she's also with AEW. Um, now you have this cross-promotional thing with Impact Wrestling, in which Kenny Omega, who just won the AEW Championship, the first time he's going to appear as the AEW Champion officially after winning is not going to be on AEW Dynamite. It's going to be on impact wrestling on access tv which is tuesday so it's kind of strange that you know the first time this guy is going to appear officially as a champ is going to be on in another promotion when you are a champion and you wrestle for another promotion and you take their belt to that show and you're representing that company it brings attention to the company you're you you are the champion of and that you're representing a title. You're not going in there as Joe Schmo. You're going in there as Kenny Omega, AEW World Heavyweight Champion, appearing on Impact. Just like when I was IWA Intercontinental Champion in Puerto Rico, I took the belt and I was touring and going all over the independent circuit representing that belt, giving it credibility to where people wanted to come to Puerto Rico and wrestle me for the title. So now that he's going to AEW, and if he goes to Mexico, and he goes to Japan, that title is getting worldwide recognition. That's the way you do it. That's the way you build. That's what the wrestling business is about. 
That is a calculated, great, old school method to put your product on the map. Arn Anderson was a part of it. You know, um, I'm sure Dean Malenko was a part of it. Billy Gunn was a part of it. All the guys who have the experience know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, Dustin Dustin Rhodes knows about it. I'm taking Chris Jericho. When Chris Jericho went to Japan and beat Kenny Omega in Japan and he had the title, wasn't he going to other promotions and wrestling as the New Japan Heavyweight Champion? Yeah, no, you, you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point there. Uh, I, I just worry that especially with a company like Impact and their roster, which is bell to bell. They they do a much better job in the ring than anything that you'll see in AEW. I, I feel like you're going to expose AEW's weaknesses by featuring some of these other stars from elsewhere. We see it with Thunder Rosa. Every time she steps in the, in the ring in AEW, it's clear that the women's roster in AEW is just not on her level, right? Okay, I, I get your point, but what about... You know, when you bring, all right, who's the, all right, let's pick um, Orange Cassidy. Now, Orange Cassidy is exclusive with AEW. What happens? He goes on Impact. He's a hot commodity right now. He just he just brought the ratings up on Impact. They advertise he's going to show up. People are going to want to see him. You have a couple other guys over there who they want to see. What happens? Chris Jericho goes to Impact. Sting goes to Impact. John Moxley. Maybe John Moxley does a run in on Impact. If I was there, if I was booking it and I knew that that guy was going to beat it and I got beat, I'd run in on Impact because doesn't doesn't John Moxley run in a la the Shield to go and do his dirty work? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So it, at the very least, it gives us something to tune into on both ends. But I feel like, and, and I hope this is true. I feel like Impact is going to come out in a much better spot in the end than AEW will because they, again, their stars are just doing a much better job once that bell rings. Um, you know, the the whole character stuff and what have you, you can make the argument that AEW is doing a better job in that regard, but the actual wrestling, the presenting of women wrestling, the present the diversity, everything that you see in Impact is what AEW claims they were going to give us and they still haven't given us yet. So yeah. it's 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 interesting that they would have a partnership with a company that is just blowing them away on the things that they claim that they're supposed to stand for. All right. So we'll have to uh, continue to wait and see how that develops. But that's that's a good call there. Folks, we're talking to big Vito Lagrazo, wrestling legend, a guy who has kicked all the big asses all over the world. A guy who my mother is going to uh, tune up like a piano because he's been running his mouth the wrong way. And a guy that has a beautiful wife. That's right. That's right. I want to switch speeds here, Vito, because we just saw one of the biggest events in history. You're cutting me off. They're saying that this thing beat pay-per-view records and what have you. I'm talking about the Thriller-sponsored Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. exhibition. There was a whole card complete with music and all kinds of crazy stuff. Were you able to catch that uh, that card there, Vito? And before we get specific about the specific matches, what did you think about the spectacle itself? I, I just got one more thing to add on our last conversation, okay? Now, guys, you're hearing it here first. And, Duke, you can follow along because you're an avid wrestling fan and you're really into the business, right? 
You know, when we talk about invasions, right? And you have Raw going to SmackDown, SmackDown going to Raw. When you have this, doesn't this bring up the old ECW going to the WWE invasion where it was real? And RVD actually beat John Cena? Do you see a trend going here that where you can have an invasion? What about flying um, uh, the inner circle to with or Jericho's crew to Japan and busting on the Japanese? The Japanese coming here. How about having those guys going to Impact and having a crew from Impact coming to AEW? Now you're talking about cross-promoting and getting both brands over. And if you get both brands over... Aren't you doing something better than the WWE and all the little companies putting their minds together to be better than the big dog? In theory, yes. But the WWE, because they have the best wrestlers from all over the world, um, they can afford to to continue to bring them in. Every every event that they have is a dream card. All right. I can see Oscar. I could see Ido Shirai. I could see Charlotte Flair. I can I can see. You know, I, I I could see everybody, right? They got the best talent in their company already. They're, they're a dream card every single time it's on TV. Eh, I don't know about that because I don't. I Duke, you know, and everybody knows out there. I do not watch wrestling. I don't spend time and hours watching it. I catch the highlights afterwards. I go on Twitter. I watch. I read. And I become knowledgeable. And with my experience, it's easy for me to figure out what direction they're going in, you know? So just to put an end to the uh, to this conversation with AEW Impact, and we always bury the AEW. AEW, you did a great job in signing Sting. Kudos to you and the brain thrust who had the nerve to go and do this. Sting, congratulations. I hope you do really well. And you and you put a good asterisk on your career and end it the way you want. Now let's get to Mike Tyson. All right. Duke just asked me about the super card with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones and the undercard. Now, guys, from what the from what they say, this was the best pay-per-view boxing has ever seen. Duke, do you have numbers on this yet? No, we're still waiting for official numbers there. There were estimates that were put out, but I don't want to mess around with that. I'm waiting for the official, this is it, uh, numbers before I start quoting that. All right. Now, do they come from what your rumors are, from the rumor mill, from Dave Meltzer? I was a joke, guys. Anyway, from Dave Meltzer, what is the rumor? Are, are they close to breaking the record, or are they? is it in the neighborhood? No, it's it's expected to break the record. Forget about the neighborhood. It's it's expected to be the biggest uh, pay per view event ever. Okay. So that's what the expect expectation is right there. And and I, I think it's going to be difficult for it not to be. Uh, everybody was watching this. Even people who don't watch rest, uh, watch boxing anymore, they tuned into this. Okay, now that's one thing out of the way. The card you mentioned. The card. The card was entertaining. Okay, you had a couple of good boxing matches. You had one match with Nate Robinson where, excuse my language, but I got to say, you got knocked the fuck out. All right, Nate. And plus, if you're going to get knocked out, you were repping the Nick Colors. Come on, son. We already got enough problems. 
But there you have a guy. His name was John Paul from. Uh, he's a YouTuber. Am I right? Uh, Jake Jake Paul Jake, Jake Paul, Paul yeah YouTube. yeah he's a he and his brother are are world famous YouTubers they do a lot of stupid stunts and silly thing I don't know why why these guys are famous to be honest with you but they are and they make a lot of money doing it uh, but he's turned himself into a good spectacle celebrity boxer okay so now he's a celebrity boxer who has it from now from what I understand from reading. All right, and know about his background. He's been training for a couple of years, and he does have a record of one and zero. That's that's a fact. But again, celebrity boxer, he's not going to get in there with any 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 trained boxer, especially that is of his experience level, where that's what they've been doing for the past couple of years. When you listen to who he's calling out, would have he's not looking for a real boxing match against real boxers, unless you're talking Conor McGregor. But uh, when it comes to these celebrities who are too foolish to understand that a street fighter is not going to beat a trained professional, uh, yeah, this this guy, he definitely has a leg up each time. Now, in reference to Nate Robinson, right? Now, I didn't realize, I'm a big Nate Robinson fan, three-time slam dunk champion, former Knickerbocker. I mean, the guy, you know, during my Nick days, you know, me and Nate used to, you know, go at it one-on-one you know, at the garden a little bit for all you people to know, you know, I'm a former Nick. But, you know, when you talk about Nate Robinson, you think about basketball, you talk about feisty, you talk about teammate, talk about him doing his thing. When he showed up to do this boxing and he thought he was going to walk in there and, and, you know, and do this and play box or think he was a boxer with no training, no nothing. The fact that these guys got paid $600 should tell you something. They got paid $600 to be the co-main event, guys. All right? Nate Robinson had no business being in that ring fighting someone who was training legit. Now, when he was in there, he looked like he didn't train not a day, and he was just throwing jabs, you know, from the hood and trying to, you know, scuffle and he got torn apart he got knocked out it was embarrassing but he took it like a champ you know everybody in the nba was like whoa but you know let's talk about head injuries he could have got seriously injured duke am i right or wrong he he it was it was scary there for a little bit well i think he did and i think that anyone who wants to claim otherwise they they don't know any better and, and you do uh, clearly, Vito. I mean, the guy was knocked out the first time, um, so he 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 got his bell rung, as as the old timers would say. He got a, he had a concussion the first time. Clearly, he yeah, did. Definitely. But he was able to get up. He was able to wake up from it, get up, uh, make the standing eight count, Nate Robinson. And then, you know, less than ten seconds later, he was knocked clean out, clean, just lights out. The guy was out. He was out for almost a minute straight before he started moving, which was scary. There's no two ways about it. Now, when, when we say this now, Vito, and, and again, you're a professional. You're a guy who's not only um, trained in, in fighting, but you wrestled for many years. You're military trained. Uh, you're, you're a legit guy. When we talk about somebody getting, quote, unquote, knocked out, we're talking about somebody being concussed, right? Yes. So that's a concussion. When you, when you get, quote, unquote, knocked out, your brain has just bounced against your skull and as a result, there's memory loss. You, you might actually literally go to sleep as a result of that, right? Right. You go to sleep. Now, <clears throat> being at the, 
this was supposed this was a um charity event or an exhibition they didn't have the proper protocol ringside but if everybody noticed did you notice during when Tyson was fighting that Nate Robinson was laying uh, laying down on a table or the canvas on ringside anybody catch that yeah that's a good point so scary what does, that, what does that tell you he was seriously injured what do you do with that that's a different thing I'm sure they'll take care of it next time but I think the big main event, the juicy thing here is the revival and comeback of Mike Tyson. We've seen the tapes. We've seen the training. We've seen what the man can do. We watched the highlights. He came in in tip-top shape. There was no playing around. He was not going to embarrass himself. He came to rewrite his legacy. And I've been saying this all along. He is going to rewrite his legacy, the youngest heavyweight champion of all time and the oldest heavyweight champ of all time. There's no two ways about it. Roy Jones, you should be ashamed of yourself. You came in there out of shape with a gut like you've been sitting on the couch and they must have paid you in advance the million dollars you go guaranteed because that was shameful. How dare you embarrass yourself, embarrass the game and sport of boxing? I don't care if you throw one punch at a time and you still think you got quickness. Just watching you at the weigh-in, let me tell you something, people. I've been on this protein diet for two months, two months. I'm not training for anything, but I look damn good. And I looked at myself when I saw his picture. My wife showed me the picture. I went to the mirror and I said, Look at this. I give myself shit every day because I say I'm, I don't look as ripped as I used to. I look good. I forget, you know, my age. I forget that, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not I'm not in prime time no more, but I like to look good and I feel good. And let me tell you something. I look damn good. And compared to Roy Jones, I got to tell you people, if I would have had a training camp, Doing this diet, I could have gave Mike Tyson a better fight than than Roy Jones, and that's the truth. I mean, disgusting. It, it looked like Roy Jones had some difficulty breathing, and not just from being winded, but all those body shots clearly did something to him, huh, Vito? The body shots. Did you notice that Tyson didn't throw one uppercut? Did you notice yeah. he didn't do a signature combination? He had to hold back. He wasn't trying to knock him out. I mean, it was clear he wasn't trying to knock him out because he could have. I don't. I don't think Roy Jones's chin is what it used to be. There's no way he could have taken a full blast punch from Mike Tyson in the face and stood up to it. I mean, he took a couple shots to the head, but you could see he got rocked. But imagine if Tyson really would have unleashed and really would have threw his uppercut, body shot, body shot, uppercut, body shot, uppercut. He would have got destroyed. But the but the thing that people wanted to see was boxing and Mike Tyson fight for eight rounds. Can he do it? Yes. Can he do it at a pro level with another training camp? Absolutely. I could put Tyson in a 10-round fight, and if they if he lets his hands fly, I think we're going to see a whole different thing. If you notice, Roy Jones was doing a lot of hugging. That's not what we wanted to see. We wanted to see Tyson's hands go. 
and we didn't get that aspect of it. We got the thrill of watching him box again, and he said something very important in that ring. When they were interviewing them at the end, they said, Roy, you know, a lot of people were, you know, worried about, you know, you being in danger or being knocked out. And Mike Tyson said something great. And he stood up for himself. He said, yeah. He said, I haven't boxed in 15 years. and said, nobody was worrying about my ass. Why is that? And the guy looked at him and said, well, you mean you're Mike Tyson? Yeah, but Mike Tyson, the last time you remember Mike Tyson, he was sitting on his stool. He quit. He walked away and he didn't, he was a shell of the man. He came back in pristine shape for a man 54 years old. And nobody gave a rat's ass about Mike Tyson's health if he was going to get hit, if Roy Jones would have connected, nothing. And I thought that was terrible. I mean, Duke, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The, the danger was there. Roy Jones is a Hall of Famer in his own right. So there was the possibility that, you know, he could have been faster and he could have handled Mike Tyson in his, you know. And I think if Roy Jones was in better shape, um, that could have been more competitive, even though it was an exhibition. So I think Roy Jones coming in out of shape affected the quality of what that, whatever the hell that spectacle uh, could have been. It was entertaining. It was fun to see Mike Tyson clearly. You know, if you dropped him in the heavyweight uh, scene right now in, in boxing officially, Mike Tyson is it would, would be a top 10 fighter. There's no two way today at his age, in his shape, with all the miles on his body, he would be a top 10 fighter. There's very few that, that can do what he does even today, um, although I don't want to see that. So I, I don't share your sentiment there, Vito, because I think one of these young kids would, would embarrass him as he got higher up the ranks there. I don't think Mike Tyson could beat. Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or one of these guys. I just, I don't believe it. Uh, but you're making a mistake. You know, if Tyson wanted to have another fight, let's really put these things in perspective, okay? Let's look at the last two years of heavyweight champions. You forget there's a guy out there called John Ruiz who beat Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight title. Nobody gave that guy a rat's ass of a chance. If you had 40 to one odds and you laid down a grand on, on John Ruiz, you came home a happy man. Okay. Now, if I was going to book a fight for Mike Tyson, I would book him against John Ruiz because he's a recent former heavyweight champion. The guy's a puncher. He's not going to hold. He's a target for Tyson. It's a good starter match. Ten rounds. Both of them can do ten rounds. But that's a true test to see if, you know, John Ruiz does punch and he can hit. It'd be a good test to see if Tyson's chin is good. Plus, we would get to see if Tyson's hand speed and his head movement can move against a guy who's Short, who's maybe probably maybe an inch taller, has more weight on him, and probably equal hand speed. Because John Ruiz hands off fast. And I would say for 54 years old, Mike Tyson's hands are pretty quick. So you're talking about somebody in their 30s, somebody in their 50s. And if Mike Tyson can get past John Ruiz, a former heavyweight champion in his 30s, doesn't that give Mike Tyson credibility? Yeah, I mean, it puts him on the road. There's no two ways about it. It puts him on the road. But he's not going to get in there with a 25, 26, 27-year-old, you know, carved out of marble, 
young person and expect to be able to to survive. I just I don't know. I don't no, know, Vito. Guys, I, I don't see it. Guys, I'm going to tell you something, and I tell I say this to and I say this all the time. I have all the experience in the world. I'm a basketball player, right? And I handle my business and I do my stuff and I know what I can do and I know what I can't do. One thing you cannot fight is 20-year-old speed. They have the extra oomph in their body. And you know when you play in one-on-one defense, you got to pull out all the old stops. You push off, you hold, you're close. But you know as soon as you give him distance, you know he's getting by. As soon as you get by, he gets by you, you stick your arm out, you grab him, you save face. Nah, I can't let you do that. I already knew where you were going. Nice try. Let's do this again. You give him the foul and you play it again. In this instance, <clears throat> Mike Tyson against somebody 20 years old, a little bit unfair. Could Tyson get lucky in a first or second round and crack the guy and knock him out? Yeah. It, would it be a true testament of how he is? I don't know. But I think John Ruiz would be a good test for him to come out of retirement. George Foreman did it. George Foreman, nobody gave him a chance. And he came out and knocked out the heavyweight champion of the world, Michael Moore, because Michael Moore wanted to prove a point. I'm better than George Foreman, and I can knock him out. What happened in the 10th round? Foreman is a known puncher, and he hit him, put him to sleep. George Foreman was a heavyweight champion. And the only reason George Foreman lost that title was because of the heavyweight sanctions and the athletic commission didn't like the fact that a 40-something-year-old man was the heavyweight champion and had a voice and had an opinion, and people were listening. When Shannon Briggs beat him in the garden, if everybody watches that fight, you can see Shannon Briggs didn't beat George Foreman. That was a hook job. Just like when Larry Holmes lost to Michael Spinks. Because why? Because Larry Holmes had the audacity to say, Rocky Marciano couldn't carry my jock. Really, Larry? Okay. Here's one loss. Here's the second loss just because you're an asshole. Now you ruined, you, you ruined your record. Thanks for coming. Big Vito Lagrazo is giving you the inside scoop on what's really going on in boxing there. <laughs> it's the truth. I know that, it is. And, that is and I know truth. you know the guys from back home who could who who could verify it, so I'm not even going to question you on that. I know you know what you're talking Do about, you wanna, Vito. Do you really want to know something? All right. I when I, was in, when I was part of the Athletic Commission, and we used to get our licenses from – uh, State Athletic Commission in New York. I was friends with all the judges and a great friend of mine uh, who passed away this past year, Billy Caputo, is a referee, right? So there was Big George who's still on the commission. There's a couple of guys out up there who still go to the garden and do the fights. Guys, if you think th- money talks, bullshit walks, if you think things aren't corrupt, you got another thing coming. They did not want George Foreman to win. And it, they were going to do anything for him to lose. And if you think that Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones and Mike Tyson didn't win that fight, guys, they did it out of respect for Roy Jones not to embarrass him because he embarrassed himself by showing up like a fat slob. Jesus Christ. 
that's a hot take. That's that's a hot take right there. So let me ask you this, Vito, going forward, because right. you know this thing is going to get bigger, right? Yeah. What whoever Thriller is, I I, I got to imagine that it must be a, a Mike Tyson affiliated company. Maybe he's you know getting a big cut of that, promoting his own thing there. Uh, you'll see better music acts. You'll see bigger stars. Right. How how big can this get? How long do you think they can keep this going? Guys, let's give this two year run before it gets old. Okay. Everybody everybody in their mother right now wants to fight Tyson. They saw the payday. Those guys ain't making that kind of money. We bring up Shannon Briggs, and he does that stupid thing. Come on, let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. When he did that to Klesko, and Klesko finally gave him a title shot. He beat him, and he still antagonized the guy. Now he's doing the same thing to Mike Tyson. But nobody wants to see Shannon Briggs. I I could kill him. You want to fight Shannon Briggs? Why don't you fight Holyfield? That's where I would put those two. No, and Holyfield, yeah, you don't want to fight me, you, you're ducking me. Holyfield, you were happily retired. You had nothing to do with boxing until Mike Tyson came out and said, I'm coming back. All of a sudden, everybody put their gloves on. Even James Tony, who's 300 pounds, I could fight Tyson. Ain't nothing, you know, just give me a camp. You know, I lose a couple pounds, but then, you know, I'll get in there and I'll whoop his ass. How about a Riddick Bow Holyfield match? That would be something to watch. How about a De La Hoya Bernard Hopkins match? That would be a great watch. How about any of those guys? Now, I doubt Floyd Mayweather is going to get involved with this or going to have anything to do because Mike Tyson doesn't like him. He's not going to be a part of it because he's going to want to run the ship. So you could count that out. But. How about a Marvin Hagler coming out of retirement versus Tommy Hearns? I would watch that in a second. If you think don't think those guys are going to throw some haymakers, you're not a boxing fan. How about a Sugar Ray Leonard coming out? And he's good friends with Tyson. Imagine Sugar Ray Leonard on a boxing card. Do you think they would quadruple break the record that they're going to set with this one? everybody's going to throw their hat in there and nobody's going to be allowed to come in out of shape. And the fact that they only paid the semi-main event $600 tells you something where all the money went, fellas. Ain't going to the undercard. It's going to the main event. Let me throw something at you here, Vito, uh, before I let you go. Evander Holyfield spoke to ESPN Ringside, which is their their boxing uh, news division there. Right. And he had this to say via a press release, actually. My side tried to make the Tyson fight happen, and we got nothing but excuses. No more excuses. This is the fight that must happen for both of our legacies. Saturday night, you said you were ready to fight me. So sign the contract and get in the ring, Tyson. The world is waiting, and it's on you now. I'm ready. Once again, that's the former heavyweight champion in the world, Evander Holyfield, calling out Mike Tyson saying that Roy Jones was a good local opponent, but he was just a tune-up, and that the real match is Tyson versus Holyfield. What do you think about that, Vito? Holyfield trying to put himself back in the mix. Do you guys remember that Holyfield was still trying to fight for the heavyweight title at 50? You guys remember that? Well, I mean, the guy has, I think he has a lot of children and, and, and probably some alimonies to pay out or what have you. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if you remember, 
right? He was losing his fights and he was still trying to challenge the Cluskos for a title shot and they wouldn't give him one. He wants to come out at 50, I think he's 58 now, and he wants to fight. 58 and 54, you're closer to 60. I don't know. I, and Holyfield, I wouldn't put you in there. I wouldn't even fathom putting you in there with any heavyweights of today. At least Tyson, you could see the power and the quick. One thing Tyson has is the power and the hands. I, I watched your sparring, right? You look like you're back down to like maybe 200 pounds. You're not on the gas. I mean, it's obvious. You're not as buff as you used to be. But I mean, come on, guys. There's some, you know, some things you just can't do. And for Holyfield to say, I tried to make it fight. I no. You only came out when Tyson said he was going to come out. You only started training when Tyson said he was going to train. You really want to see a fight, guys? How about a great rematch of Antonio Tarver versus Roy Jones? It'll never happen. It'll, there's nothing for Roy Jones Jr. to gain ever stepping in the ring again in boxing. Nothing. He should never do it. it. He should never it? do it. Why Why? Why bother? He can go out on top and say that he's the greatest, and, and people can argue that. Um, but there's nothing to gain and everything to lose for Roy Jones Jr. ever stepping in the ring again in boxing. He can do mixed martial arts. He can lose a mixed martial arts, and that would be okay. He should never box again. All right. Roy Jones should never box again. We got that straight. What about the other legends coming out to box? Like, say just for say, Duke, would you... If Hagler Hearns was supposed to happen on the undercard of Tyson and whoever, would you pay to watch it? Sign me up right now. Absolutely. Dana White would want a piece of it. This is the thing, Vito. They've attracted all of the boxing fans who went away, right? Everybody who stopped watching boxing 15, 20 years ago and only showed up for Mayweather fights, um, they showed up for this Tyson deal. They showed up for this exhibition card, even though the majority of them didn't realize that it was not supposed to be competitive. They, I guess they didn't read the rules. They, they actually thought that a winner was supposed to be declared, right. <laughs> which is a whole other issue. Now, you, you said something very important here, right? You didn't watch boxing anymore. The only reason you, you, you watched was because of Mike Tyson. Why do you think people don't watch wrestling anymore? Now we got Sting. He brought it back. Listen, AEW, he, he took a piece out of you last week, and this week he's he's uh, giving you kudos. So maybe they were listening to you, Vito. Maybe they figured something out. Yeah, you know what? And, and you want to know what the great thing was, right? They're building up Team Taz, right? And Team Taz lost, to the, lost the match. They brought Sting out when they're pushing Taz and that group, and they were in the middle of an angle, but everybody forgot Forgot that Taz Taz's group lost that match. Stay Good point. Good point. But doesn't that, that bury Taz's group? No. Okay. It covers it up and it gets the shine away from Taz and his group. Because now the shine is on Sting. Nobody remembers that they lost. Everybody remembers Sting was there. You know, you know when they do a run-in in wrestling and your hero loses, but there's a run-in and they beat the living crap out of the guy? What do you remember? Do you remember the guy doing the job or do you remember the beatdown? It's always about the beatdown. The beatdown is it. Everything else, he, he, it, it went in one ear and out the other. The beatdown is what it is. Right. So like during the N- NWO era, 
if there was uh you were fighting one of the NWO guys and you happened to win, you got you got beat down, right? Then you got the NWO painted on your back. So everybody forgot that you won because you got the NWO standing over you and you got painted on. That's what they remember. They don't remember you won. Big Vito Lagrazo dropping the knowledge on you folks. Somehow, some way, we went, we got to uh, Tyson and, and Roy Jones, and he brought it back to AEW doing the right thing, bringing in Sting. I love it. I love it. Listen, Vito, let everybody know, because you have a, a string of great podcasts on the Big Vito brand. How can they check out everything that you and your lovely wife, literally best buns, one of the most beautiful wives in the history of pro wrestling, Miss Noel? Uh, Lagrazo there. Let everybody know how they can check your stuff out. Well, she's sitting right here next to me, and you didn't hear that great intro- in- introduction, Noel. Mr. Duke said, best buns, most gorgeous woman in wrestling, hot, curvaceous, spectacular, wonderful wife, a lovely woman. Can you tell everybody about, you know, our our affiliates? Because Duke wants to hear your voice. Hold on, guys. She's coming. Hold on. Here she comes. Go ahead, babe. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, I got the <laughs> You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the big veto brand. Make sure you click the little subscribe button. If you have Amazon Prime, you get us for free. Yay. You can also check us out at thebigvetobrand.com, anchor.fm slash the big veto brand, or anywhere you listen to your favorite audio podcast. And we are also at the big veto brand on social media. Now, wait, no, Noel, before you go, before you go, Noel, tell everybody the, the best bun story again, because this is, this is, you know, you, you told it once and everyone popped for that. But just in case we got some new listeners here, tell them the best bun story. Well, I, I was just started working with Vito and um, we were working at a show and Vito told me I wasn't allowed to beat up the other manager because he kept messing up in the last like three months worth of matches that I had been in with him. Vito said, don't hit that manager. Don't beat that manager up. And it was a big, he was a big guy. Like he was like six, two, this guy. And he messed up during the match and I beat up the manager. So I got down and I kind of gave him the ground and pound, beat him on the ground, told him a little lesson. And um, Vito was angry with me and he yelled at me for beating up the manager. And we had this whole back and forth in this hotel room about me beating up this manager. And then the next thing I know, a picture of me bent over beating up this manager shows up on TMZ's best buns contest. So I did benefit from beating up the manager. That's basically the best buns. No, (laughs) it's awesome. And just the fact that I just spent 54 minutes and 35 seconds of my time and Noel just stole my thunder, that's great. There it is. So what are you going to remember? The bun story. Well, it's our life. Listen, I, I, I wanted to show that off there, Vito, the run-in. The run-in from Noel Lugrazo there. She steals all of the heat from you. Like you said, everyone's going to walk away from this show now thinking about the best bun story. They're going to go and look it up now. There it is. <laughs> all right. So. I'm going to say this. All right, Noel, go back to where you came from. Okay. Thank you, Duke, for having me on this lousy show. Grant, I gave you <laughs> credibility. All right, and now we ended up back where I'm on top. I'm happy. There it is. His name is Big Vito Lagrazo. Vito, as always, man, we appreciate you being on the show and sharing your great insight on everything. Thank you.
You're welcome. Guys, have a great have a great week. Be careful out there. And tune into the show. Tune into Getting Color. Tune into the Russo Blend for Mr. and Mrs. This is the B.I.G.V. from the L.O.G. Former Nick and still friends with Nate Robinson after he got knocked the fuck out. Signing off. Peace out, people. I'll tell you, man, Big Vito Lagrazo is just always a, such a joy to speak to. He's a little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy, but he's fun, man. Good guy. Good guy. We covered everything. I mean, you know, I could keep going on, but what's the point? Vito helped me cover everything that we needed to cover. So good stuff there. Appreciate him. Appreciate you. Appreciate Noel as well. Of course, she's fantastic. But uh, thank you for joining us as usual. Head over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Duke Loves Wrestling. Let, let me know what you think of the show. Of course, head over to your favorite podcast app. Give us a five-star review. Appreciate those. Better believe it. Next week, it's the annual uh, International Duke Day episode. You know, my birthday is uh, next week, so <laughs> there'll be some fun surprises. You'll probably hear some great guests next week. If you want to call in, you can shoot me a message um, at Duke Loves Wrestling on either Facebook or Twitter or Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. You can leave a little voice message if you want. We'll play it on the show. Okay. Until next week, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Loves Wrestling.